0: Imagine going undercover as a New York City taxi driver. What stories might emerge from your back seat? Hi, I'm George Boracchi, and this is Cityscape. Our guest today is French producer and filmmaker Benoit Cohen. Benoit spent months driving a cab to help him research his next movie. Not only is that film now in the works, his experiences behind the wheel of a taxi also spawned a book called Yellow Cab. Benoit, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. So how long have you been in New York City now?
1: Actually, I moved here three years ago, uh, but I was like 25 years ago. I was studying at NYU, filming at Tisch. uh, And then I came back so many times, and I knew that one day I was going to come back for good. Why is that? What was it about New York City that made you feel that way? You know, I love the energy here. I mean, uh, Paris, where I come from, is a great city, beautiful city, but uh, uh, you can't compare. There's not the energy uh, uh, you can find here. And I I, I love the way, uh, and the story I'm going to tell you is going to show you that uh, everything is really possible here. It's not a a cliché. It's for real.
0: So what inspired you to get behind the wheel of a yellow taxi in the
1: Big Apple? Actually, I was uh, writing a screenplay um, about a French actress coming to uh, New York for uh, to live her American dream, and after a few months, she realized that it's more complicated than what she thought, and so she uh, decided to uh, become a cab driver to make money. And also, the great thing about being a cab driver is that you can work whenever you want. So uh, she could like go to uh, um, shootings or um, castings, you know. So and. Um, I was thinking to write that um, story from the inside, knowing what, knowing what I was talking about, I uh, had to do something. And the best thing was to pass my license and drive a cab myself.
0: What was that process like for you
1: to get your taxi license? Uh, it was a long process. Uh, first of all, I'm French. so I had to get first my driving license because the French driving license in New York after three months, is not good anymore. Even if I have been driving for 28 years before in France, I mean, you have to do it again from the beginning. So, um, I had to pass my license first, my driving license, and then I had to go to school and uh, and and I don't know why, but when I tried to go through that whole process, a lot of other people at the same time, I don't know why, taxi driving was very uh like something everybody wanted to do uh, in in 2015 when i started to go to school but there were so many candidates i mean uh, when i went to the tlc the first day it was a two block queue and and the guy told me if you i was at the end of it because i came like at 10 thinking that uh, i could have a nice breakfast and then take my time but he told me it's going to be 8 hours Wow! Wait. So, if you want to have a chance to get through, you should come back tomorrow at five in the morning, and that was the beginning of my story. And then I went to school, and uh, and I, I had to go through all those tests and and, uh, and the medical uh, exams and all those things. I'm 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 telling in Is it in expensive as well to get the license? It's not so expensive. It's it's, uh, it's uh, compares, for example, to Paris, where it's really longer than that and more and more expensive, much more expensive. But it's, I, I think that if you start with like between 300 and 500 bucks, you can get your license. So, you know, it's, it's okay because after a few days, you can make that kind of money. So um, it's okay. So then once you have your license, how do you get the cab? So the thing is, I was expecting to get my license in October and start driving during the Indian summer. So I was like, you know, I I was prepared for that. But actually, I don't know why it took them like three months to send me my license. So I got it on on January 2nd. So it was uh, snowing, so cold. And I started driving the worst day. In, in the year, you know, <laughs> and also, so you, when you get your license, you go to a garage. I, I had a garage on the other side of Jackson Avenue in in, in Queens. Um, that I, when I was going to school, I I noticed that garage. So I said, okay, I'm gonna try that one. And and you just go there with your license. They register you, and then uh, <laughs> you get a cab. You just have to rent a cab for the day, and that's it. But. Um, then the real, I mean, the, the, the incredible thing about the experience is that uh, you've, there's a fantasy of being a cab driver, but when you're in the cab, I mean, the, the, like the really um, serious thing starts at that time. And I, I was like, it was seven in the morning, I passed the, the Queensborough Bridge, and then I was like in the city with my cab, and I was so stressed And, you know, before starting driving, I was thinking, okay, I'm a director. Okay, I know how to – usually I give, like, indication, orders to people and and to do what I want them to do. You're giving the orders. I'm giving the orders. And I'm, like, in charge. And in that case – so I was thinking, okay, I'm going to probably go to a wrong address or don't give the change the right way to, to just create situations for my movie. But after five minutes, I was just, like, sweating, so anxious. So I was just a cab driver. And and I drove that cab for four months. And I did, like, two months of day shift, two months of uh, night shift. And uh, I was into it, you know. And I couldn't um, – I was – when I was driving the cab, I was so concentrated uh, on what I was doing, avoiding ex- accidents, cops because the cops are in our back, on our back. And, and so I was, like – uh, sometime when I was like um, driving empty, then I was starting to, I was listening to some jazz and I was like thinking about my movie. And um, that's how during this whole process, I started to think what kind of movie I wanted to do, thinking what kind of stories those people in the back were telling me, how I could I use them. And the, the thing was that after, I was taking notes all the time. And I was driving one day and writing one day. And after like four months, I mean four months of school and all the exams and four months of driving, I had a a real big material. I had like 250 pages of notes. And I gave those notes to people around me. And they told me, oh, my God, this is interesting. You should do something. Okay, you're going to make a movie, but perhaps you should think about a book. And so that's what happened. Last summer, I, I, I worked on it. And uh, I sent it to publishers in France because it it was written in French. And um, I got a really good publisher. And uh, the book was published in France at the beginning of the month. And now I'm looking for an American publisher because I'm sure it, it could really interest people here in New York. The book is
0: called Yellow Cab. And are the stories in the book largely the stories
1: of your interactions with fairs, with hails? Yeah, what I did is I was writing each verse. So I, I was like writing the address, the, even the amount, the time. And then sometimes it was just one line because nothing was happening. And sometimes it's two pages because there's something happening, someone telling me a story. I had really amazing uh, stories. So so um, that's, that's for the cat part. I'm also telling in the book the movie I'm thinking of. And how the movie is like, uh, I mean, I mean, it's really the the birth of a movie. And the third part, I mean, it's not really parts. It's like the the third thing I'm doing in the in in the in the book is I'm telling about my story, how I came to the states, how I was like a student here before, uh, talking about my kids, how they like uh like the life here. My wife is an actress and a writer too. Now she's even directing a movie. So I'm telling about all this. Uh, background and uh, where I come from and how I, how I live my American dream because um, it's really the way I feel it because I could have never think driving a cab in New York like even four years ago you know so it's uh, it's uh, and and having a book published because I'm I'm a filmmaker I'm not I'm not a writer I mean I write my script but script writing is so different. So now I've published a book, and I have another one on his way. So it's, uh, it's really coming to New York, make you do things you would never do anywhere else.
0: How would you describe the interactions that you had with the people
1: who got in the back of your cab? First of all, I was surprised because there were no interactions. So I was like a little bit um, worried because I said, I'm doing that to get some stories, and uh, I won't get anything. But I was so stressed at the beginning, so I wasn't re- really... Uh, you weren't sparking the conversation. No, but after a while, I started to be more comfortable, and I started to talk to them. And then when you start to talk to people in the city, people talk to you. And that was really the beginning of a great uh, adventure because so many stories, so many different people coming from everywhere. Um, it's it's This is the amazing thing about here. It's like the diversity is... Uh, what i learned the most i thought i knew the, the 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 city i didn't i didn't know the people i didn't know the geography i went to so many places i didn't know and uh, it was like a and the great thing is what, it was like it was like a, a big scouting you know because I, I was scouting because i was like I, I was like preparing my movie i was each time i was in a nice area or a beautiful building or or i was just writing on my on my um Um, book note I was writing all those things and now I'm going to shoot the movie in in like one year Uh, it's planned to be um, shot in um, in March next March and so um, I have all the locations already what are among the locations I'm going to shoot a lot in Brooklyn I live in Brooklyn and um, there are a lot of places in Brooklyn that I really like like Red Hook and uh, and Greenpoint and, and Bushwick and all those parts of the the city but the thing is um, i'm going to have to shoot also a lot in manhattan because 95% of the fairs were in the city but i want to show the city a way that a french director is not showing the city usually there are a few french directors who uh, uh, did that exercise coming to new york making movies but most of the time they show new york like you can imagine in like a, a tourist book you know and i've been living here for a while and i want to show new york from the inside and uh, I want to film the real people. I'm gonna make a movie in between a documentary and a fiction, uh, a feature film. You know, I'm I'm gonna. Are you going to star in your own movie? I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not because I'm really a bad actor. I tried, <laughs> and I'm really bad. So I'm gonna have someone playing my part. You're gonna cast the taxi driver. Actually, I have an idea. I want I want I want to. So it's gonna be a French actor, but. I want someone who is, at the same time in France, a director and an actor. So people, when they watch the movie, can think, is it is real story or not? So I have an idea. There's a guy in France. I don't want someone too much known because I want people to really, really uh, try to understand what is It's going to be a movie uh, about the difference between reality and fiction. And that's the main subject that's the theme of the movie. so I want to make everything to make the people i mean the uh, the audience wonder where are we? are we in, in, the, in reality or are we in fiction and that's what I'm working on right now.
0: When you were driving a cab, how many hours a
1: day would you spend picking up people on the streets actually I was like I was like working 11 hours a day most of the cab drivers work um, 12 hours a day i was starting a little bit later because i i I was taking care of my son before how old are your kids i mean he's he's now 15 when i did that he was 13 so uh uh he could have taken care of himself but i you know i like to take breakfast with him he was going to school and i was going to the garage what do you think about dad driving a cab I mean the first time when I told my my kids because i have, I was have a daughter and she's now eighteen and she's in college right now and uh but they were like surprised and they were a little bit shocked because uh we told them we're going to go to new york America <laughs> and make movies and uh and uh and then I became a cab driver, so they were like a little bit like uh upset about if you meet people we know how they're gonna react and um and my son, who is like a quiet son, a quiet kid, um, said, you know what? This is nice. We're going to become real Americans, and I, I'd like to be a like a hot dog. Um, um, how do you say the guy who's selling the hot dog on the street? Oh, hot dog. Hot dog seller? Like a, Sure. Hot, like, I don't know how you— Yeah, call. street vendor. Street vendor. So it was because he loves hot dog, and he he, he would say, okay, if we come here and do like these kinds of works, I, I'd like to do— I like to be a street seller, So that was his, like, uh, way of doing the same thing as his dad.
0: That being said, Benoit, do you think there's a stigma associated with being a taxi driver in New York City?
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, it's, it's uh, when you see the population who is driving cabs here, it's really different than 20 years ago. It was much more diverse uh, 20 years ago. I met a um, a woman in the cab one day, and we started to talk, and, she, and I told her I was a filmmaker, and... Uh, and she said, this rem- this reminds me of the time when New York was a place where a lot of creative people were driving cabs, actors, uh, directors, writers. It's not the case anymore. I mean, most of the time. Of course, there are some uh, people, different people, but most of the cab drivers are immigrants. And and honestly, you don't make a lot of money. I mean, I was new, so I didn't ha- know all the tips. So I was like making hardly one hundred bucks a day, wow! For 11 in eleven hours, hours, yeah. So you know, it's uh, it's a hard job. It's not well paid. So uh, what about tips? How well did you do in tips? I mean, that amount includes tips. It uh, Includes tips. Yeah. So tips were good. I mean, people tip well. I mean, you know, it's 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 an, uh, really in the culture of uh, the New Yorkers too. Uh, I mean, there's a twenty percent tip everywhere. It's an average. So most of the people were tipping well. Of course, the tourists were sometimes not tipping so well because they didn't know the rules. But at the end of the day, it's not a lot of money in your pocket. So what are among the more memorable stories that came from the back of your cab? Actually, I had a lot of great stories about uh, New York and uh, how it was before and uh, the story of this city and everything. But I think the most amazing one was like, Two, uh, two in the morning in Queens, I was like heading back to the garage. It was on a Monday night and uh, the business was very slow. And like this couple getting out of a bar, they were quite high. I could understand, hear it right away when they talked to me. They gave me an address in East New York, which was quite far for, from where we were. So it was a 35 minute drive, uh, according to the GPS and they started to laugh and kiss each other. And then they had sex in the cab. <laughs> and they were making a, quite a lot of noise. And when I was driving, it was okay because there was the sound of, of you know the car and everything. But when I was stopping at the light, it was really embarrassing. So I wanted to put some music and I thought, okay, <laughs> it's going to be worse. So, you know, I, I and at the same time, I was thinking, okay, this is good for my movie. It was always that way. So each time something was happening in the cab, I, even when I did, like, some wrong move, like taking the wrong route and uh, had some people really angry about it, I was thinking, okay, this is good for the... I was, like, really so sorry, and I was really... Uh, but I was thinking, okay, this is good for the movie. So I was always going back from my uh, uh, taxi point of view and my um, screenwriter point of view. And and uh, that, that was, like... Uh, why this experience was so intense and special?
0: Now, clearly, the people knew mm-hmm. that you knew what was going on in the back of the cab. Did they <laughs> reference it when they get out? When they got out, apologize. Uh, just,
1: you know, they just like, uh, and the the guy was like a tough guy, and he was like talking before starting the little uh, thing. They were like talking about a friend of them who was getting out of jail, but he had a gun on him, so he was like, he went back. So I was like, oh my God, uh, who is that guy, and what's going to happen? At the end, I was thinking, if I'm lucky, just don't pay me, and if I'm lucky, he's going to rob me. So I was like, not really, you know. And um, at the end, it was like a 35 bucks. It was a 30 bucks, actually, fair. He gave me singles. And a good tip. So that was it. But uh, you never know. But, you know, driving a cab now in in New York is not so uh, dangerous. I was was going to say, did you ever feel unsafe behind the wheel? No, I've I've never felt unsafe. I I was like, that's the only time I was like, okay, it could happen something to me. But 25 years ago, driving a cab was really, uh, really tough. And uh, I just had dinner like two days ago with a woman she is now in her 60s but she was driving a cab in the 70s and she told me stories really really bad stories and really tough things nowadays it's okay you know, you know first of all you have this separation uh, which is like a, but actually most of the the female driver now I are driving Uber because it's um it's safer because you know who is in your cab. You have the name. You have the all the, the contact. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why
0: did you decide to drive a yellow taxi and not drive with Uber or Lyft?
1: Actually, I wanted to uh, – first of all, the, the yellow cab is a, an iconic thing. You know, It's like if you talk about New York to anybody in the world, they're going to tell you, okay, there's the Empire State Building and the yellow cab. Uh, so that was the first thing for my, for my movie, it was more interesting. And secondly, uh, anybody can take a cab. If you have five bucks in your pocket and you just want to, it's raining, you want to just like drive three blocks, you can take a cab. At Uber, you have to have a, a phone, you have to have a credit card. You know, it's, it's different people. I mean, the great thing about the taxi is you have anybody could get in a taxi. Tourists also; they don't use a lot of. They usually, don't have any um, connection, so uh, they ju- they don't use Uber. In that case, really, in those four four months, I had everybody. I wouldn't have have the same kind of people with Uber. I'm sh- for sure. Did you pick up any celebrities? Any famous people get in the back of the cab? <laughs> uh, I mean, the only one, but I couldn't. It was. At night, and the problem at night is you don't really see uh, the people getting in your cab because New York is a very low-light city, and I didn't know that before driving a cab. I didn't realize that. And uh, so a guy came into my cab. He was talking about his new book, it was about to be published, and I, I wanted to see his face. I'm, 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 a, I'm. I read a lot of books, and I was really excited, and I couldn't see his face. I was really looking. I even w- tried to look back, but I thought it was a little bit rude. So uh, uh, that was probably the most famous guy I, I got in, but I don't even know how famous he was. <laughs> how personal
0: did some of the conversations get? Did people really open up to you? Because chances are they'll never
1: see you again, right? That's the great thing about being a cab driver is like people are not going to see you again, and you're not going to see them. So they, they are really telling you a lot of things they won't tell to probably nobody and um so um yeah i had some really personal uh, uh some people were telling me about their uh, couples life and, and uh i had a woman asking me for uh, an advice she was fighting with a neighbor and uh, she didn't know what to do and uh, and you know i'm was i'm new in this city, so i i didn't i tried to help her but uh, but they talk to Lule like if you were their shrink. i mean it's 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 uh, but the great thing is that um usually you don't see them again. But once, which was really incredible because you could drive for 10 years in the city and never have the same passengers, but once had the same couple twice in the same day, which was crazy. And I mean, we were really like, we couldn't believe it. And they gave me a huge tip saying, you know, this is a a fantastic, I mean, we have to go and, and, you know, play Lotto today together because (laughs) it's, it's something that would usually never happen.
0: You said earlier that driving a cab changed your perspective about New Yorkers. But how so
1: specifically? How did it make you view New Yorkers differently? First of all, as I told you, I, 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 I didn't know that. I, I knew it was a diversity, and that's what I prefer about New York. If you tell me what is the main thing you like in New York, I will say diversity. But I didn't know it was so diverse. You know, it was like really a, great to, um, it's not only a a diversity of religion, uh, social uh, um, level or something, it's really about a diversity of people and people are so open-minded that uh, I knew that but it really uh, showed me that it was even more than what I thought. And also, as I told you, the geography. The geography, um, I knew like, Most of the French tourists, the Upper West Side, East Side, Midtown, and and the village. And, of course, the the main attractions. But uh, I went to so many places. I went very high in in Manhattan, near the cloister, all this part of the city that I really liked. As I told you, I, I loved Red Hook, all those little neighborhoods in, in, in Brooklyn that are changing so much and that I didn't know for sure. I went like down to Barridge. I went uh, to all those places that I just knew on a map before that. How and, well did you learn to navigate New York City traffic? Actually, you use your GPS most of the time. But even so, I feel like now I, I, I know how to drive in New York. And uh, there's a lot of tips you know uh, all those streets wheels with, with like uh i mean like you you, you have a, a lot of uh signs that make you really have a hard time like you can make a left you can make a right you can make a turn you can it's like and they're changing them all the time uh to get on for example on, on the fdr you have like so different routes and 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 all those small things uh, after a while, you know exactly where you have to go through to avoid the traffic. and uh, But in four months, I didn't have time to learn everything. But even in four months, I was really getting better. What do they teach you in taxi school? Most of what they teach you in taxi schools are taxi rules. because uh, I was lucky because the, the geography test wasn't really the same as the one it was before. Because in, in January 2015, they changed the law and uh because everybody's using a gps the geography test became so easy now when you take your test you you can use the map which is like just you just learn how to read a map before that you have to learn everything the five boroughs by heart with like really really difficult questions and most of the time at that time people were like taking the text like five four five six times because it was impossible to pass the test the first time it was really you had to be really lucky to do that so i didn't have to go through that which was a relief but um still i mean the jo- the, the the taxi rules test it's like a like 80 questions about everything you can do or not do as a taxi driver which is like it's 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 okay. It's you know it's like any test, but it's it's quite quite intense, but it's uh it's okay. You can do it. The English test is really easy. And now I I heard that the English test is not uh going on anymore because uh, they want to any person coming from abroad to be able to drive a cabs. So when you take your test, you can take it now in Chinese, uh Spanish of course. You have so many ways to take the test now. So it's at the same time, it's a great thing because it allowed, allows a lot of people And nowadays in the city. I mean, in, uh, nowadays in the country, you feel like it's good to, be, uh, to open the doors. But uh, at, the, at the same time, I, I'm just wondering if you have a driver who doesn't speak a word of English, it's going to be tough if you, if you have anything to share with him or any question or any request. So it's, it's both ways. You know, I don't know if it's so good.
0: I understand that they encourage you not to talk politics with fares.
1: Oh yes, uh that's one of the th- the first thing that they tell you in the in the, at school is uh don't talk politics and most of all nowadays because like it's really you know touchy so uh but actually, when I was driving, it was before the election, and uh nobody was uh talking about politics even the the passengers weren't talking about it uh but I took the cab again since then for different reasons. And um, now, of course, people are talking more about politics because they are, I mean, in New York, most of the people are upset, so that they, they want to share it with you.
0: What would you say this whole experience has taught
1: you most about yourself? As I told you, I, I, I was in control, you know. Uh, I've always been in control in my life. Being a director is part of it. And... Uh, and then I wasn't like deciding anything. People were telling me what to do, and uh, sometimes they could tell you like nicely, but sometimes it was a little bit rude. And uh, and for example, the doorman are, are whistling you, which is something I've never been whistled in my life before. You know, first of all, you say what's happening, what's, and and finally you get used to it and say, okay, I have to play the game. I, I'm I'm a cab driver, and I'm gonna. Go through all this experience. Um, I'm not gonna start to uh, uh, revolve. and uh, you know, just I was just like, I was just like in my uh, cab driver's skin, and 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 it learned me a lot about um, the way you can accept things that you think you couldn't accept. Has this experience in any way changed
0: the way you approach being a filmmaker?
1: Yes, because uh, especially for this project. I realized that I had to use the documentary part more. And uh, I, at the end of the process, and that's what I'm telling in the book, I realized that reality was most of the time much more stronger than fiction. It's not always the case, but in my case and in this experience, the story I was thinking about was less interesting than what I was living every day. Benoit Cohen, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks.
0: Benoit Cohen is a French producer and filmmaker. Look for his book, Yellow Cab, at the Albertine Bookshop in Manhattan or on their website. He expects his film about a New York City taxi driver to be finished by the end of next year. And that's a wrap for this week's Cityscape. My thanks to producer Zach Zalas. I'm George Boraki. Thanks so much for listening.